Hello everyone, and welcome back to Local Legends with Lark Farley. I'm your host, Lark. A little bit about the podcast, if you're new. Basically, I share with you all stories that took place in my small hometown, Brown County, in Indiana. These stories range from true crime to the paranormal and everywhere in between. If you'd like to share your own hometown stories, you can email me at localllegendswithlark at gmail.com. As always, all the articles used in today's episode are linked in the description should you want to read them for yourself. Alright, let's get into it. This is the last episode i believe for september or we're getting close to the end of september and into everyone's favorite month of the year october i'm so excited for the episodes i have lined up in october i have a lot of spooky episodes that i'm so excited to share with you all so get excited for that and as you know one of the later episodes that we're posting here in september i thought we'd do a little fun one today about creatures that have been caught in lake monroe so if you're new here and aren't familiar with the area. Brown County's in Indiana, okay? Small rural town. I'm sure you've gotten that, you know, so far. But there is a large man-made lake called Lake Monroe, and that lake we've covered in other episodes, specifically thinking about uh, the Bigfoot series that we did. There's lots of sightings of Bigfoot in Lake Monroe and near that area. But today we're going to be talking about Lake Monroe again, but in a new context. And the context is weird, mysterious creatures. I guess not mysterious. Well, yeah, we're going to say mysterious because they're not native to the area, folks. But weird creatures that were caught near the Lake Monroe area. And Lake Monroe is closest to Monroe County, hence the name Lake Monroe, but it also borders Brown County, which is why we're going to be covering it today and why we've covered, you know, weird sightings of Bigfoot in Lake Monroe previously. Anyway, so I'm excited for this episode. It's a fun one. It's a funky, fresh one. There's no murder. There's no true crime. So we can all kind of just like unwind and relax a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So grab a cozy beverage, Grab a cozy blanket. Let's all get cozy collectively together and get into today's episode. So like I said, this episode is all about weird creatures that were found in or around or near Lake Monroe. So we're going to start at the beginning of these weird creatures being discovered and found. And the first story I could find about a non-native species that was caught in Lake Monroe was a story that took place in 1976. We're going a little bit back in time here. So in an article originally published on June 28th, 2015, in the Indianapolis Star, on October 3rd, 1976, this guy named Ray Fulkerson was fishing in his boat in Lake Monroe when he caught a tiger shark while fishing near the reservoir. So here's the thing, okay? Lake Monroe, like I've stated previously, is a man-made lake. It's landlocked, guys. It has no outlet to the ocean, first of all. Second of all, this might come to a surprise, okay? So Lake Monroe is not a saltwater lake. Here's the deal, 
I want someone to explain to me how a tiger shark can live in a freshwater body of water. Because that is something made from nightmares. You know, I'm going off on a tangent here, but like, as a child, I had a deep fear of water, okay? Large bodies of water. And to this day, I kind of still do, not gonna lie. I'm not the strongest swimmer. And swimming in Lake Monroe as a child, I was always afraid of alligators. There weren't, there's no alligators in Indiana, by the way, at least that I know of. It gets way too cold. It's just not a great climate for alligators. However, it didn't stop my imagination from constantly imagining an alligator making its way towards me in the lake, okay? And it just ruined any form of enjoyment I could have swimming in Lake Monroe. So now I get the story from 1976 where this guy catches a tiger shark. And the tiger shark, guys, when he catches it, it's not dead. It's not sick. It's alive and well, first of all. It's a healthy tiger shark. To which I then ask... How in the world is this freshwater lake body of water, which, by the way, Lake Monroe is kind of gross. I'm not going to say it's not. It's nasty, okay? Lakes are not the cleanest bodies of water out there. And here's the, here's the reason why. Now, I have been to some lakes that are clear, and you can see all the way down to the, the bottom because they don't have any, like, that sediment, that nasty mud and stuff. It's just, like, rocks down there, so it's very clear. That's not the case Lake Monroe. Lake Monroe is like swamp water. There's like growth and algaes and it's muddy and it's disgusting. And there's these like hot pockets in the water that just is like sweaty, nasty, still water. It's disgusting. It's really rank. It's gross. The water stinks, okay? So it would maybe make a little bit more sense to me if Ray caught a shark in, say, a, like, upper state Michigan lake that has an outlet to the ocean, right? And is a clear, clean lake, sure, okay? It's still a little weird that you caught a shark in a lake, but, like, it makes more sense. This doesn't make no sense. How did this tiger shark survive and live in inhospitable waters? Nasty, rank, foul, dirty, disgusting, not a single grain of salt to be found. It's disturbing to say the least. So he catches this shark, right? This tiger shark near the reservoir. And like I said, the shark was alive and well and when he caught it. Now, Ray being Ray, he like understood that it was a shark. And that's weird. Okay. Because Ray's a fisherman. He like, he knows the area. He knows what fish should be caught and which ones are weird, and this one that he caught was weird. So he takes it over to a nearby marina for identification, because he's like, again, this is weird, this isn't right, what is this? The shark was placed in a freezer and DNR were called to the scene. A few days later, on October 5th, two additional tiger sharks were found in the reservoir. So whatever's happening at the reservoir is like, that's like a no-go. So whoever's in the Lake Monroe area, don't swim in the reservoir. I'm not saying there'll be sharks, but there could be sharks. What are the chances that in a, what is it, three-day period? From October 3rd to October 5th, three of the same species of shark are caught. This guy named Joe Janis was a DNR fish expert, and he's the one that um, identified the first tiger shark that was caught, and then later identified the other two that got 
caught. And he told the news that the sharks were considered to be an invasive species and were most likely released as a practical joke, but that releasing non-native fish into Lake Monroe is against the law. According to him, it can cause real problems for any body of water when exotic fish are introduced. To which I say, Joe, the fact that these are non-native is beside the point. My good guy, Joe, they're sharks. Shouldn't, like, the first mode of action here be like, um, okay, so hypothetically speaking, if Lake Monroe is now infested with sharks, should we, like, I don't know, make that the first thing that's concerning here? That's kind of like saying alligators are invasive species, and, like, that's your first reasoning behind putting a plan into action to get rid of the alligators, not that, like, this is a local lake that lots of people and children swim in. (laughs) The alligators can kill you. You know what I'm saying? And, like, in this instance, I'm like, good Sir Joe, could we not, I don't know, have, like, more concern here that these are man-eating animals, fish, whatever, that are in this, uh, local, accessible lake? That, to me, is just a little bit more concerning than the fact that they're not native. I know. I might not be smart, but I do know that a shark is not native to Indiana, the most landlocked states of landlocked states. I understand that. That's, like, common baseline sense. They're, like, they can kill people. You know what I'm saying? Like, chomp, chomp, you're dead now. And you just wanted to go out there on the lake and have a barbecue, and now your leg's been, you know, eaten by a tiger shark in a landlocked man-made lake. You know, that's not on your, that's not on your, like, list of things to be aware of when swimming in a landlocked lake is shark attack. I also like the assumption that it's a practical joke, which, like, okay, let's think about this. How did a shark, three of them, get into a landlocked lake. Now, I'm going to go out here on a limb and assume it's not raining sharks because, you know, you'd think that'd be its own news article. Second of all, there's no way that a shark could have swam itself to Lake Monroe. Here's a thought. Maybe someone had an outdoor aquarium in the rural area of, you know, Brown County, Monroe County by the lake, okay? Stick with me here. A huge, big old aquarium uh, with sharks. Is that legal? I don't know, but we're going with it. And then there was, like, a flood or something, and then, like, the sharks somehow landed, you know, from the flood into Lake Monroe. That I don't understand, though, how they could have survived in Lake Monroe. Lake Monroe's, like I said, is disgusting. There's no salt water, Putting on our smart hats here, I have heard of sharks being able to live in fresh water. There's, like, the Greenland shark, and um, there are other forms of sharks that that have been found in non-saltwater areas. However, those areas that those sharks are typically found are, like, you know, the streams, for example, or rivers that do inevitably end up in the ocean if that makes sense. So, like, somehow the shark got upstream into those channels where technically it's no longer salt water anymore and it's fresh water. However, because it is still kind of close in proximity to a salt water area, the shark's gills are able to get the nutrients that they need and breathe and oxygen and to survive. And, like, that's all well and good and that makes sense. What does not make sense is how these three tiger sharks, which, by the way, I've never heard of a tiger shark 
in fresh water, okay? There's all these other forms of breeds of sharks that haven't found. I've not heard of a case of a tiger shark. And by the way, tiger sharks are the most aggressive. So let's throw that out there too, Joe. You didn't bring that up. But like, how do they live? They were doing well. They were thriving. I'm, I'm just confused. I'm honestly confused. But according to good old Joe, he just assumes and is coming from the standpoint that these sharks were released as a practical joke, to which I say, Joe, how do you know that? Also, okay, let's say it is a practical joke. Where do these people go to get the tiger sharks to release? Because you can't just go down the road to the bait and tackle store and be like, you know what I want to buy? I want to buy three tiger sharks, please. They're going to, they're, you're going to be put on a watch list. Also, I want you to point me out to a, a bait and tackle shop in 1976 in Indiana that just like, I don't know, has extra tiger sharks laying around to buy. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe, maybe it would make more sense now to be able to easily, readily buy a tiger shark. But 1976, Indiana, you're really going to sit there and tell me that it's easy to purchase a tiger shark? I don't think so. That would have been a whole elaborate, like, scheme. You would have had to gone out of your way hours to find these tiger sharks. Then you have to buy them. Where are you going to store them to transport them just to inevitably release them into Lake Monroe? Like, what a waste of money, first of all. Second of all, what a hassle. Like, most of the time people do practical jokes that are, like, easy and not out of the way. Like, where would you go in 1976 to buy a tiger shark? Like, Chicago? Okay, that's like a four, five, six-hour drive. And these sharks were alive and doing well in Lake Monroe. So, like, clearly they didn't die on the transport over. It just seems very weird. And, like, everyone is way too chill about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone's just like, ah, it's fine. And it's like, is it? I don't know. And I like how he's just like, it can cause a lot of uh, problems for the local wildlife in the water when exotic fish are introduced. It's like, how about the people's lives that are inevitably going to be taken from tiger sharks that can clearly live in, like, lakes? It's just very interesting to me. And I don't really understand any of it, to be honest. Now, according to reports, the sharks that were caught, the three sharks, the three tiger sharks that were caught were all young, relatively small, which what does that mean? Like, how, how big are we talking? I couldn't find any form of measurement of like, how many pounds do they weigh? What was their length here? Like, what's the situation? I need to know the details, please. Couldn't find it. This is where it gets really interesting. You thought it was interesting that these three sharks were caught? No, no, no. I have more. It gets even more interesting. Get ready for this. So, Apparently, there were reports that these three tiger sharks were pickled. However, we don't know. So let's break this down. There was a report that came out that said that the, all three of the tiger sharks that were caught were pickled at the state hatchery, which is located in Martinsville, Indiana. However, the current whereabouts of the p said pickled sharks are unknown and a mystery as Jeff Mulwitz, who was the manager of the state hatchery in Martinsville at the time, claims that he has never in his life seen or heard of a pickled shark, nor does he believe that the hatchery has ever had them on their premises. And that had his hatchery had those said pickled sharks, he would know about it. So what happened, y'all, to those pickled sharks? So first of all, we have the mystery of how did the sharks land in Lake Monroe? Mystery number one. Mystery number two, nobody knows what happened to them. They just went missing. To which I say, how do three live tiger sharks 
that were caught, kept somewhere. Nobody knows where, but they were kept somewhere and were identified. Where did they go? What happened to them? Nobody knows. It is a mystery. It is an unsolved mystery case, guys. What happened to the three tiger sharks? Nobody knows. So it's it's weird. It's all weird. We have a case of how did the sharks land in the lake? And then a case of who's the tiger shark snatcher? It's very weird. I don't understand it myself. It's another unsolved mystery case. A few years later... There were reports of a four and a half foot monitor lizard being loose near Lake Monroe. Now, what's fun about this is I couldn't find any details on if it was ever found, only that it had been sighted by several people in a quarry near Lake Monroe, like an abandoned quarry, and it was reported by its owners to be missing, like it got out of its enclosure somehow and then just took off. And it was four and a half feet long. Can you imagine you're just like having a nice little beach day on Lake Monroe and stumble upon a four and a, fi- four and a half foot lizard? I honestly feel bad for it. It's like, how do I don't think it would have survived the winter, to be honest. So we have three tiger sharks and a monitor lizard. Now, it doesn't stop there. It sure doesn't. In September of 2009 in Brown County, a pet python got loose and was sighted near Lake Monroe. Luckily, with the help of DNR, the python was able to be caught, brought back to its owners. Apparently, according to DNR, pythons can do quite well in the backwaters of Lake Monroe, and several have been captured in that area over the years, which is just, like, very fun and comforting. Can you imagine? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We've talked about this before. You know, I like snakes. No problem with snakes. They do great things for the environment. Brown County has lots of snakes, including poisonous ones. Um, I didn't sign up for like a nine foot python. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, that's on another level. I watched, what was it called? Anaconda. I know what happens. No, thank you. I like how chill the DNR are too about it. They're like, oh yeah, we've caught a few pythons over the years. It's fine. Like, okay. You're oddly chill about all of these things. I need you to get a little bit more excited. You know what I'm saying? A little bit more invested here. So then in September of 2015, this one's fun. You re- you thought sharks were bad? Buckle up. In September of 2015, a four-pound piranha, four-pound piranha, was caught in Lake Monroe. It was also caught near the reservoir of Lake Monroe. Remember what I said about the reservoir? Stay away from that area. Do not swim. Swim at your own risk. You could have a death by shark. You could have a death by anaconda. You could have death by piranha. It's just like a fun little grab bag of how you'll die in the reservoir. Once caught, the piranha was taken to the... This is really funny to me. So it was caught, right? The piranha was caught and taken to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for identification. This guy goes, no, 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 Local DNR, not good enough. I need to take it to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Can you imagine getting a knock on your door in the Army? Being like, hey, I got this, like, big fish. Can you identify it? What? That's not the first place I would think of to identify a fish. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. I guess it worked. And then once it was taken to the Army Corps, it was taken to Woody's Spillway Camp and Bait Shop, where the fish was able to live in one of their tanks until it could be identified. The piranha was ultimately identified to be that of a paku. They theorized that the paku came from flooding that took place over the summer, and it could have washed from a person's backyard pond to the lake, or that someone purchased it for their personal aquarium, that it got too big, and that they then dumped it into the lake. Now, this specific breed of piranha could get up to be 50 pounds. Think about that. 50 
pounds. And when this piranha was caught, much like the sharks, it was living its best life. It was happy, it was healthy, and it was fine. I don't, I have no words. I have no words. You're going swimming in the Lake Monroe Reservoir and you get killed by a 50-pound piranha. Let that sink in. So next time you're at the Lake Monroe Reservoir, maybe, I don't know, think twice before you're dipping those little toes in. Because there could be a 50-pound piranha. The piranha remained at the bait shop being cared for by the owner who kept its tank out on display for visitors to see until it died. So there you go. <laughs> it's kind of unbelievable, you guys. Brown County never ceases to amaze. Just when you think it couldn't get any more interesting, it, nature finds a way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you would think that a freshwater, dirty, man-made lake would never encounter piranhas or sharks and you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. So the next time you're in a lake, you know, just be mindful of the surroundings that you're in and keep the story in the back of your mind that you could be swimming next to a 50-pound piranha in a lake. So, you know, there you go, guys. That was this week's episode. A fun little jaunt, if you will. <laughs> and um, a good reminder that water is scary. So next week will be yet another case of arson that we're going to be covering. If you're new here, we've covered arson a lot. There's been cars that have been set on fire. There have been opera houses that have been set on fire. There's just, there's a lot of arson. Um, Brown County's locals, when they get bored, just like to set things on fire, apparently. Next episode will be a case of arson, but a very complicated one that is also a mystery in its own right and we're going to be covering the case of arson of the seasons which was like a hotel in brown county that was very popular that um yeah got set on fire by an unknown arsonist so we'll be covering that in more detail next time and in the meantime like we always say here on the pod stay safe stay hydrated and i'll talk to you next time bye